Can you see it? You see that shit? That's all you, bro. Um, usually I change the way that it looks on the image because you can make it like reverse it. It's pretty sick. Oh, snap. So just in case I put shit on the screen and stuff too, it comes out how they want it. Bam, you see everything. What's up, man? How's it going? It's the life, bro. We got Zach Abeda on the podcast. What is up, everybody? Welcome to Muse Me TV. Let's do it. It's that time again. Let's do it. That time. Episode 74. That's you, Zach. Let's do it. You're on episode 74, man. I'm living life, dude. And it's it's crazy to think about that. It, the podcast started to boom again mm-hmm. once I got back into the comedy, like once I started doing comedy. Nice. Because I actually started this podcast as just like a, oh, I'm into Joe Rogan. I like what he does. I'm going to start doing it. And then I just started doing like my friends and my band and stuff. Okay. And then I kind of like died down a little bit. And then now, dude, there's a whole um, influx of people there. Like you nice. can, there's so much people in the scene that like you can bring on this podcast multiple of times that it's just going to be I feel an entertaining time. You already know what it is. So with I'm that excited. being excited, thanks for having me. With that being said, Zach, Zach Abate, everybody. <laughs> Let's do it. He's here. He is here. He is here. That's that's pretty much it, man. I didn't stretch enough before, but we'll still get crazy. I'll still pick my leg up. <laughs> there's no. Amazing. We'll live a life, dude. There's, that's that's pretty much what we're gonna do. Just chill out, talk about shit. Hopefully, interaction happens on the podcast or on the comments. I don't know. It's yeah, just, where do you get where do you get listeners from? It's on YouTube. Okay. So we're live right now on YouTube. The tubes. Uh, what I'm about to do is here in a second. I'm gonna share it on a couple of my other things. I got a Twitter, got an Instagram, okay. on Facebook, and I'll come or tag you in it and see what happens. See, and just let the conversation go by. Let's do this. But Zach, what's up, brother? I met you in the comedy scene. You were a comedian. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Local comedian here. Uh, how how long have you been doing comedy? What got you into comedy? Let's do it. Okay. You're a beast. You're no, right. I appreciate that. Well, first of all, I want to say that is like I'm really happy to have met you this past year. You're definitely one of my favorite people, if not my favorite person that I got to like link up with as far as like a newcomer that you know joined the scene because uh you go about it the right way, you show up as much mics as you can, you have actual material to test out, and you're working on your thing. So I give you that, man. We get a lot of people that come out and it's just uh I mean you see our open mics, but they get that's what's up. Yeah, because like, that's weird to think about too how it works. Because I'm I'm still new, but I'm getting the like gist of how the dynamics works and stuff, and like how there's people that have been in the scene for so long, but they take like two or three month breaks and then they come back, yeah. or there's those first timers that try it out, but then they never come back. Yeah, yeah, it's it's, it, it's a funny dynamic like that. <clears throat> first of all, you asked, but I've been doing comedy. Uh, it'll, in March, it'll be three years. Three years. March twenty third. Um, but I've wanted to do comedy for a long I always was a huge comedy fan. <clears throat> I was like, as a kid, would listen to albums of my pops. I remember Dennis Leary playing in like the car, and that was cool because he would be cussing and was kind of absurd and a little like raunchy. And I remember like feeling like I was bonding over, over that, you know, with my pops and stuff. So comedy was always the thing. Me and my lady were always a uh, big comedy fan, so that brought us together. We would see some of our favorite comedians together, took some trips out of state just to see comedians. And I always was like a huge fan and like comedy. I mean, even movies as a kid, man, like Jim Carrey was my favorite. Uh, just all that stuff growing up, you know, Robin Williams, Adam Sandler, just all like I remember probably falling asleep every night to some different comedy movie. Right. that was Just watching something that you put on or something that was on or something. And the way I finally got it, I don't know how I like finally thought about maybe getting on stage, but I started writing like little joke premises 
in a journal and I would like start writing stuff. And I remember telling my dad who I was working for at the time, I was like, yeah, I wrote this new joke today. My dad's like kind of like a hardcore Norteño Vato dude, you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. And he was like, well, when are you going to get on fucking stage and stop talking about it eh, and finally do it, dog? Right, you think you're funny? And I was like, fuck. And so like literally I pushed me and the next night I like that night I found open mics. The next night I went and did one and uh, realized that there was pretty much an open mic every night almost except for like the weekends. And so I was like, I hit every open mic ever since that night. Okay. So my question is. Three years ago when you were doing this, uh-huh. how much open mics were there and which were the ones, if you okay, remember? Okay, so I do exactly remember. So it was it was Monday night at Back Alley, which doesn't even exist anymore. Yeah, see? Oh, and that was John Quare on Kevin's open mic. was probably my favorite one because that was like, I don't know, it just felt like home base, dude. It just was like the comedians hang out. It was a cool little room. would have a good audience once in a while. It kind of like slowed down towards the end, but that's just kind of how mics are once they taper off and venues stop really supporting the the host but so that was monday night and then it was tuesday night they actually had one that's so funny none of these places even exist <laughs> there was an at monk's brewery okay and that was that's not even open anymore but that was like the corner of like silver and third wednesday night was red door but the old location the one gold. that's on the next like on mm-hmm. the other side okay because the first time i went to comedy night i was gonna go and i went to that location and i was like oh man there's nothing going on here like what is going on and that was right when they just transitioned okay and i was just then i was like oh well i guess i'll have to figure it out but then everyone told me like it's on central like it was there because they still have like i like that location a little bit better to be honest um just as far as like the hang was cooler um if there was an audience that wanted to like not necessarily listen to the mic, there was like different parts that they could hang out. So the sound didn't directly like it didn't sound as loud where you were trying to do comedy. Um, I like that location a lot. That was cool. I still like the new one, but yeah, that one I really enjoyed. That the vault area to kick it in. That was pretty That's cool. Sick. Um, Thursday, I don't remember what ha- what was maybe if even there was one on a Thursday, but they moved monks pretty right away from Tuesday to Thursday. So Monks right away moved to Thursday. Friday was just Kevin Kennedy's show. <clears throat> he pretty much had his weekly show. And he's always, he's been doing that for quite a while. And that was at Rio Bravo Brewery, um, like, when he first started up. Well, I were, yeah, exactly. He's, I think when I started, he didn't have, like, weekly, weekly shows. But pretty soon after, he started doing the Friday night at Rio Bravo every Friday. Okay. So I was trying to get on that as much as possible. And, um... Saturday, there wasn't really anything popping, but Sunday, there was Bozy, which doesn't exist anymore either. Yeah, see, and that's another crazy thing, too, because that was the first mic I started at, too, but it it barely freaking three nights in, and then all of a sudden, it's it's already being closed down. Like, the last show is that I remember is just that Julian's, like, going away party show or whatever. Yeah, yeah. But, like, how does that work? Like, why do mics go and come, and how do you get, like, to be able to do that at certain mics? Like, how does... Like, I know the Raw and Sauce mm-hmm. one just recently opened up. Does, like, does Royal know that guy? Or does he talk to them? I or really do you just, think... like, what's up, man? I'm trying yeah, to start an open mic. It's, it's mutual benefit. It gives incentive. Like, <sighs> you doing it on a mic gives incentive for, like, people to come in on a slow night. They usually give you a week night, one of their slower nights. Um, and that way it kind of draws a little bit of a crowd that wouldn't be there normally. Like, Raw and Sauce, you know, at least 12 of us show up every Tuesday that wouldn't be there yeah um granted you know you know some of it needs like a hate like i don't really drink at the at the mics you know pretty much at all so some people will be like oh you know i know josh got a hard time one time at blue grasshopper by an employee just for like he's like you want a drink man he's like no and he's like gave him a hard time for not ordering a drink 
But um, I get it. Venues have to make money, and I think that's one of the reasons why they might shut down. If they don't see a good turnout time and time again, they'll probably uh, switch it up and try something different. All right. So just after a certain point, they're just like, well, it's not – and nothing's happening. Yeah. And I think the hosts have to, like, keep working at it, too. It's hard. Like, weekly is definitely harder than monthly, you know, because you're promoting weekly. And open mic's so nuts, too, because it's not like you're booking solid, solid people. Anybody in the city could come sign up. So you legit get people that are have a couple fuses fucking that shut off 1984, if you know what I'm talking about. Dude, they come out. You no. see people that are legit like, oh, okay, they got some something, some issues popping for sure. <laughs> For sure. It's, uh, okay, so then, how is that for established other comics around, like, mm-hmm. like, like the Southwest and stuff like that? Like, so say if somebody's coming from like Denver and stuff, do they know that there's an established comedy scene here, and do they know where the places are, or do they kind of have to like, oh, word of mouth? Hopefully, somebody tells no, me shit's they, going down. Yeah, I mean, they'll reach out to someone they know, or you know, the Facebook groups online. Um, that's what I usually see. I'll get a lot of messages just from people because I run my monthly show. Like, hey, I'm passing through. Do you got a spot this day or not? Um, sometimes it's kind of hard because I only have my show like once a month on a, like the final Saturday. So unless you're coming on that day, yeah. I could only like help you so much. Um, but it's really having my own show never thought would help me network so much with out-of-state comedians because it really does help being able to book them, having somebody else to reach out to when you want to go out-of-state. Like, I have a... I'm be in Denver February 20th through the 23rd, and I reach out to a homegirl that runs a showcase similar to the one I run, like a monthly showcase in a really cool room. Um, she booked me to headline it. I booked her to headline it the weekend after. So oh, nice. Just like cool. And we met at a comedy festival. You know what I mean? So all that networking stuff. See, that's so crazy. I know none of this shit. Like, how yeah. does that even work? Like, there's a comedy <clears throat> festival that you, like, attend, like, pay there's money so, to go and see? This and this is like, the thing is there's so many comedy festivals. How right? does that even work? Yeah, because I know of some, like, I kind of, like, I like the comedy scene. I kind of watch a lot of, like, Kill Tony, yeah, Joe Rogan's right. guys exactly. and stuff like that. Like, Skank Fest and shit exactly. like that. You hear, like, uh, Just for Laughs. Like, the yeah. big, big ones, right? Um, They used to have one called Oddball Comedy Festival, which is, like, was just, like, all the big acts would be there and up and comers and they're they they're you know from openers to features to you know some of the biggest international acts but i also like the first festivals i got into were like esket not even comedy festivals like i remember doing this rave in the middle of nowhere like 45 minutes outside of durango literally in the forest it was the first hour of comedy i had to do Holy shit. During the day, outside in the dirt, in the forest, dude, to a bunch of like hungover rave kids. It was, <laughs> for the I mean, it day. was fun. Like looking back on it, it was still a cool experience, but you're like, that's, that's not a comedy festival. Yeah. You um, were, you were like, a, a, like a, there for the attraction. Like, yeah, a comedy we were like, act. we were like the third stage, like the non music stage, and we had to follow straight up, burl- like topless burlesque dancers. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And after you're seeing full tit, dude, after you see full areole, the cornhole and the areole, brother, you don't want to hear You're done yeah. after that. <laughs> you don't want to. back see. to the tent. <laughs> so it's, it was a hard act to follow. You know what? It actually ended up working out really good because I was like, I only really had about an f- extremely loose hour of material at that time. So I had an hour to talk about. It doesn't necessarily mean it was a, even close to a good, yeah, a good hour. But some of the stuff I talked about really hit with some of those people there, like, I had this joke where I, I would uh, talk about me and my dad going to 10,000 Waves in Santa Fe, but it's just like Japanese spawn resort where there's hot tubs and all that shit. Yeah. And um, 
I was telling the story and the, like one of the dudes in the audience happened to actually work there. So it like super hit and we're in the middle of nowhere in another state. And he's like, I work there, bro. And he's like wearing like this white fucking one piece jumper. It's just, it just was a weird ex- There was dogs and bikinis and <laughs> acro yoga. It was nuts. That's pretty sick. Like uh, my only experience probably with something like that is like probably when I was like, I'm going to say 16, where, like, me and my friends went to Cuba, New Mexico to go hang out at this fucking, the Rainbow Gathering, mm-hmm. where it's just, like, a bunch of hippies and stuff that just, like, gather once a year, and they always do it in different locations in the woods of, like, uh, North America, like, wherever, like, Utah, okay. The, okay. but this year they on, mm-hmm. they picked Cuba, New Mexico, right. and we went up there, and it's, like, a week festival, fucking, just kind of like what you're saying, like, a bunch of hippies. Tits everywhere, fucking pasties, brother. The, the craziest time of my life. Some hasty pasties, Doug. To, to think that it's like a festival for like a week, and like yeah. to think like you never know. You there, ever, could, there probably could have been comedy guys up there and stuff doing something. Like, oh man, you ever see a ginger girl in the middle of the forest and she's wearing some hasty pasties and it's dusty <laughs> as fuck out there? So one of them's kind of falling off and it has so much dust that she can't stick it back on. So she just got so loose. Pasty, waving all over it. <laughs> Trying to freaking waving patch all, it back on. Waving all over the rave ground. <laughs> oh, man. Uh, shout out, Nico. Thank you for watching, man. Uh, we got four viewers What's on up, right Nico now. Nico comic, brother. Thank you guys for <clears throat> hanging out with us. If you guys are listening, got any questions for Zach over here, just put them in the comment section. If not, we're just going to be talking more. Yeah, and this is yeah good that you asked because, you know, as a, as a new comic, I'll throw it out there too. I'm not necessarily the dude. I'm not in the game or enough and it's not my style to walk up to a new comic and just offer advice i feel like it's like uh, when you're in the gym and like the old dude walks up and he's like let me show you how to do that let me let me help you out with your form that's kind of like, like i didn't ask bro yeah. like you know, so i'm always down to uh talk shop about comedy or like let you know what i've came across so far but i'm not just gonna be like hey this is what i think you should be doing yeah but so yeah so ask away um new cats that are listening question to ask away the mics i'll let you know what i've came across so far uh my buddy blockchain engineer here uh, says he's gonna be there at the Bob Saget show. Oh, dope! Yeah, Bob Saget this weekend. Let's That's talk gonna about be that. sick. Like, how does that? How does that even work? Like, you've been yeah, that was grinding a... shit, so yeah, obviously dude. you're getting noticed. You and you know what? It's just one of those things. So one of the first pieces of advice I ever got from a comedian actually was at the Star. I went. Well, me and my lady went to go see Brian Posehn, and it was his opener. <clears throat> After the show, I asked him. Like I said, I was thinking about getting into comedy, and I was like, "Hey, man." Um, any piece of advice you could give somebody that's thinking about starting stand-up? And he's just like, do every room you can. Yeah, see? And he's like, do every room you can. Yeah. And that's when I've gotten opportunities from the craziest rooms. Kevin Kennedy for a while had this, he was doing a bowling alley room on 4th Street, uh, the bowling alley on 4th Street. And he would get audiences of like 5 to 10 people. You know what I mean? Just like barely anyone there. But I would, I was still trying to get any reps in I could, and there wasn't Friday. I would just look at it like the Friday night open mic or something, or just much stage time as I could. Yeah. And I did a set there, and then within my first year of comedy, I got booked by this dude that was trying to like put on shows for and like for a bigger spot, and then from there got recognized for more people. And even like Friday, dude, like I did that cannabis event that we were talking about. I do a lot of stuff for the cannabis industry. I work in the cannabis industry and have for about a decade now. Been a patient for about that amount of time as well. Holla. And um, I was at this event Friday. It was like a buddy's private event, but there's like a bunch of vendors there. And it's really cool. It's usually just all patients and yeah. everybody's smoking up and having a good time. Better. Of, it's like, networking. Yeah, it's networking. That's how I look at it. But it's a better event for sure for like music 
than comedy because everybody's walking around. It's almost like a farmer's market where everyone's just smoking up. Yeah, I've seen those before. Like, oh, man, I, uh, the fucking the dude that I've told you about, the guy yeah, from yeah. my dad, yeah, a lot yeah, of stuff. He'll, he's, he'll I've gotten some invitations. Okay. Yeah, so, like, I want to go check it out. Just having... <clears throat> oh, man. They're so dope, dude. And um, so my homie asked, he's like, will you perform? And I was like, yeah, what's that? The L Ray? Like, they have a legit stage. Like, soon I'll get on... I'll, I'll mess around for a little bit. Yeah. And um, I got there... And then it was like sectioned off, so I didn't have the main stage. <coughs> so you could only be like in the It was this only area. the bar. It was like the lobby and the bar downstairs. And then when there's like the two stairs that walk down to the main stage area, they blocked it off at that. So the whole main stage area and open floor area was pretty much blocked off. So you had the bar and the upstairs bar area. Yeah. So they had the stage shut up upstairs in the corner. And you couldn't, like, with the way it was set up, like, people couldn't really see you too much. Like, maybe. 10 to 15 people around that little area okay. could see you yeah but, but other was... than that it wasn't like key for stand-up yeah and i so i you know i told my homies like yeah i'll still do my thing if you want i'll you know do a little bit of time or even if you want i'll just help announce some of the acts and they had brought this uh comedian from california called his name he goes by stoner rob he does a lot of stuff with the industry out in california and the cannabis industry out there and um we were networking a little bit and my buddy introduced me to him and he just like hey man i run a show at the improv in Ontario, you want to, you know, fill the spot. And I was like, Sh are you kidding me, dude? Dope. The improv in yeah. like, hell yeah, for sure. So I was like, hell yeah. And then right before I go to go on stage, you hear like, clap. It's like a loud ass sound. Everybody got like kinds of looks around, but it didn't sound too loud. Like it didn't for sure sound like if it was like a gunshot or something. And everybody just kind of joked it off. And I go on stage and I only do a few minutes because like I said, you know, it's just as much as I could keep focus you know what i mean once it could have started losing the attention i just like wrapped it up and, yeah you weren't trying to yeah, get, yeah exactly just want to talk to myself and um or you don't want to like make yourself look bad either if it's material that you know solid in a room where people are going to be like paying attention you don't want to be throwing it out there and, and it sound like you're bombing a material you know that's like yeah that works that's weird how that works too because mm -hmm. doing multiple rooms over so many times is just like oh i'll tell you my best bomb story of the uh, year after this all right so you were still doing the whole the um uh, you, you didn't want okay. to do a bunch yes. of super solid material. Yeah, so I was just messing around a little bit, doing a lot of, like, short one-liners and just little quick little little tricks and stuff. And and then um, I got off stage, and I go downstairs, and I could see the vendors, like, packing up. I was like, that's weird, because it was only, like, a couple hours into this event. It was, like, 7.30, and this event's supposed to go on until 11, right? Okay. And then I see this guy kind of making a scene, talking about getting shot like who shot me who shot me yeah what's going on and he's like something and then he like points at his foot and you could see like the rubber of his shoe was like ding like all like it didn't go in his foot or his shoe but you could tell like hit the side of his shoe oh, so there's a big old still chunk and, and shit. my and i had so a couple friends my pops was there because my dad loves those events like dad dabs out like crazy Legit. and he's all about it and stuff and i told him i was like, well, getting i was like, i think this uh fool got shot or something's kind of weird and he's all this is sketchy he's all let's go to your place because i live on the same block as El Rey, so it's right there. Yeah. And so we go to my place, and by the time we're walking up to my loft, you hear boom, 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 and a bunch of cops coming, and before you know, everybody's like evacuating the El Rey like ants. <laughs> and the only thing I could think of is like, I just got booked, and I didn't get that guy's like info. Oh, man. I was yeah. like, shit, shit. So I like find him on Instagram, and they're just like, yo, bro, nice meeting you. Uh, just letting you know, like, I'm still down into your show, and he's like, definitely, I got you on. So nice. That's that's grinding, bro. Where you take opportunities. <laughs> In Albuquerque, New Mexico, where fools cheddar Bob, because this is a thing. It ended up being the dude that was complaining about who shot me was the one's gun who went off. Oh yeah. So the dude cheddar bobbed himself in the foot, <laughs> and then tried to make it look like someone else shot him. 
So you have to go to places in Albuquerque, basically, where fools shoot themselves in the foot to get booked out oh, of state. Yeah, so, <laughs> and I wonder if it was on more of an accident on his end or is actually pleading for attention or something because... Oh, what the fuck, bro? Like, literally. That's one of those, yeah. like... And the, and the really sad part of actually, like, the only bummer about that thing, other than it fucking ruining the event, is all those sesh events that, like, I've ever been to have been the best vibes. Even though everyone, like, everybody at the table is basically all selling the same shit. No one's, like, competing or having, like, like weird, I don't know, you know, like, tension or anything. It's all love. People are walking around smoking, all just for, like, the love of being a patient and cannabis and medicating up in, like, an environment that's... Like you've always dreamed of, like you're, yeah. you know, in high school and you're smoking joints with your friends, like all sketched like, out. Yeah, we, we, we wish we could just do this inside and not have to fuck, because that was the game, bro. I think paranoia of smoking weed only came from how crazy you had to hide it. I mean, that's what people say the fixation with early drinking is. Is like, oh, I can't really do it, so I'm gonna try to sneak it. So oh. I mean, I can kind of get that Dude. kind of incentive with like, you know, weed is so bad now. But I mean, look at how much it's been. Look at how much now it's so lenient. Like, people don't fucking... In certain places, I mean, you'll still have those people that are just like, it's so bad and stuff. But, I mean, if you don't think in some way now, in this time, that marijuana is some way helpful or beneficial, then I, I kind of yeah. think it's, like, crazy. You ever fucking... I've never met someone from Denver that looks fucking bummed out. You know what I mean? They don't look healthy, I'll yeah. tell you that. <laughs> <laughs> but I've, I've only been to denver one time and i fucking it was just for a comic-con and everyone there kind of did look like if they were just totally done but no i i went to like a cannabis event there once and it was just like all dudes with with straight with uh the fucking the snapback hats with pins all over the hats beards dude and it was like so hot it was summer and they were just the sweatiest dudes oh man and i was like yeah this is a different scene up in here because they have a pretty good comedy scene up there too. you know right? what yeah actually that's what the comedy scene out there is so ill it's so it probably i mean i don't i said i haven't been everywhere but from like the little bit of research i've done i'd say it's comparable as close you could get with a big scene like la and, and new york mm. as far as there's set like comedy works one of the best clubs you could get into and there's two of them they have an improv they have small comedy clubs and then they have a ton of great rooms that really good comedians run yeah that are doing like what everyone here does open exactly. mics and shit like that exactly bunch so, of showcases um i think they're seeing solid you could get up multiple t even in like the open mics like almost every night there's multiple open mics um i had a couple buddies from durango that moved there for comedy i originally was like la off the bat i'm like la i'm gonna move there that's the move. That's where, that's where Comedy Store is, yeah. right? That's where Laugh Factory is. That's where all the, you know, they have the big guys. It's yeah, Hollywood, exactly. Right? And then I was like, didn't realize how green of a thought that was. And I don't have the best connections out there quite yet. In Denver, I'm making really good connections. Even in like Phoenix, I have some good connections. So um, now I'm starting to think, okay, maybe one of those cities being the move between Phoenix and Denver. And I'm starting to pinpoint it more to Denver just because. I already have like friends that are like really in solid, like in the clubs, already kind of grinding, and I'm getting booked. Like every time I go out there, I get booked better and better shows. I got my first headlining set, like I said, in February. I got two shows after that on Friday and Saturday night, really good rooms. So I'm really considering Denver for a move. That's a, it's a, it's awesome out there. And even as an open micer, if you wanted to go out there, 
They have an awesome website. I think it's 5280.com or comedy.com, something like that. And it's very structured, all the open mics and yeah. So. Stuff you could even hit if you're just down there just to fucking say. Yeah, it's just level too. The, the first time I went out there was all open mics. The second time I ever went out there it was with Josh Fournier. We had one show. And then like through networking that first show, we like like piggybacked a couple, like a second and third show. So we ended up doing three shows. Not the best rooms, but we networked really well. And then I went back in November by myself, had four shows, all awesome rooms, different rooms. And then right away, I was like just trying to get back there as much as possible. So then booked myself again for February. So I'm doing AZ in February, or I mean uh, Denver in February, AZ in March. What do I got in April? I got something in April coming, or California in April. I have Durango in May. I forgot where I have in... Oh, and then I have Denver again in July. I just got booked for a comedy festival out there as well. Holy shit. So I'm booked all the way... My Because I'm only trying to do one out-of-state trip a month. Like, it's only... That's pretty much the only thing that's financially feasible at this point. I'm not... Rolling the dough, so I have to work that day job just to do Doing comedy. It all one time too, like try to hit them all as much as you can. Or I like so every once a month do an out of state, like a weekend trip. Oh, okay. Basically, but I can't basically do book more out of state stuff than that. Is yeah. What I'm getting at. Well, I mean, it is a, a growing process as well too. I mean, yeah. three years into it, I mean, you're still pretty ambitious. I I feel like yeah. going into there, being able, like especially now, like you never know what kind of opportunities can come from actually doing uh opener sets for people at the stage like exactly bob saget like what the fuck that's gonna be pretty crazy the like, stage thing came in kind of a surprise because i'm by far the host that's been doing comedy the least like all the other they had the same host forever it was this dude benny and he was like he hosted he was our only host i guess way back in the day they used to let local comedians open up and i guess there were some bad experiences and they're just like totally cut off local comedians from getting booked at the stage at the stage okay and they just had that one dude benny who was like a radio dj i don't exactly know if that's true or not but something of that nature and he was their their regular host yeah um and then once he stopped last year um I, I don't exactly know who I was recommended by that. I mean, so that's the cool part. But I know you have to have three recommendations. And then they contacted me. And they said, send in your, your info, your clip, your bio, everything, bro. I had to send in my ancestry report 23 me, <laughs> dude. I had to know everything. Her shoes, shoe size? Like, what was your shoe size when you were in seventh grade? I was like, come on. Dude, now. they just need that. They want it ready for when you hit the green I know, They wanted my Hotmail password. <laughs> like, now you guys are pushing it. Um, no, and then so, sent them all my info, got okayed to, you know, come try it out as a host. And now I think there's only four of us that do it. But, uh, it, I mean, it's a blessing. It's a, you know, it's a great opportunity. It's the closest thing we have to a club. It's the only, one of the only places that big acts come through. Yeah, that stop. Besides casinos, exactly. right? I mean, it is a casino. Yeah. So it is a, it's like a... It's its own stage. That's what, it's like, you know, really cool, the, yeah. the stage uh, in Santa Ana Star. The, the stage at the star. Yeah. So I, I get that. But then there are those other acts that kind of, like, hit, like, fucking Isleta or something or fucking... Yeah, and that's the thing. Sandia I, or Now something. I need to figure that out because I know Isleta gets acts. Like, good ago. ones, too. I'm just like, what they the fuck? Like Why is Leno not yeah, George ago. Lopez is going to hit exactly. it or something. But I don't know. I just got to go reach out to them. That's how you, you just got to go do the footwork. 
You got to be a salesman. Who's the guy? Who do I tell? Who would you go to? Like, you walk into the door. (laughs) Can you please point me to... uh, It's like your fucking... The booking of comedy section. I mean, obviously, you can go on the website, right? Probably look for shit like, you know, booking information, shit like that, maybe. Yeah, stuff like that. But then, you yeah, you want to check out a show, start to look like who's the man, who's running it, who's the person that's kind of in, you know, in charge. Look for the person with the clipboards. Yeah. <laughs> All okay. that kind of stuff. And that kind of how it Ex- works, right? Yeah, man. And um, a lot of it's just network. Like, take all those weird opportunities, all those weird festivals, all the, the li- like, you know, because you never know. Even every time I've done something and I thought, you know, that was an opportunity that was, I don't want to say a waste of time, but just, like, nothing was going to come of it. Yeah. You, someone's like, I saw you at so-and-so, or I, I had a friend saw you at so-and-so, and they recommended you, so I want to hire you for this or that. Um, so just keep grinding. Keep trying out stuff. Don't ever, like, if people are knocking you for trying jokes over and over again, don't... That's what we're doing. We're crafting. Yeah, that's what, like, I've, that's what I've learned about this, too. It's like, you kind of just have to keep going out there to pull them all off. Because it's just like any other skill, though. That's why I like to bring up your dancing, too. It's like, yeah, you gotta practice sure, that sure. shit, bro. You're, you're not just gonna be like, I'm gonna hit the mat and just be able to do all kinds of shit. No, for sure. Like, I see you, like... You, yeah, so I b-boyed for a long time. That's what that's called? That's, like, the the right term. Like, if somebody's like, I'm a break dancer. I'm sorry. Yeah, if somebody's like, I'm a break dancer, you're like, ah, uh, no, oh, all right. But that's, like, the, the style of doing, like, the... I don't see that's different. Like, what is pop and lock inside of there, too? And oh, okay, then you I'll also you have other break. kind okay, of so I'll stuff give you a like quick that. Break like, a b boy is someone that could like style out, they could dance, they could do footwork, hit freezes, do some power moves. If someone usually tells you they're a break dancer, they maybe could have like a couple flashy moves. They'll maybe do like a backflip and, and maybe like a spin move or a head spin, but they don't like rock. They don't really hit all the styles and fully like dance to the beat. Okay. And that's the difference between like a b-boy and someone that would like just say I'm a break dancer. Okay. Um, and even when we like get down, we'll be like, we're gonna we're, let's go b-boy or we're b-boying. We don't even really like. Tr- we will say it kind of to the, like if we're doing an interview or if we're like Jeez, talking it's like to a this secret society. Student, yeah, shit. exactly. <laughs> just because it's it is like a very broken down lingo. And then it's funny because popping and locking, everybody says it together. Completely different set, like different styles of dance. Popping alone has maybe like eight styles plus. Okay. So popping is going to be more of like you're waving when you see people like tutting and all that stuff, um, ticking, strobing. All those are like styles of popping. Where locking is like super old school seventies, where you see guys that do it like a lot of wrist rolls and claps. Like I can't really lock, but it's a different style of dancing okay. for sure. Um, and there's like house dancing that's like another like popular freestyle hip-hop dance too there's a bunch of stuff i love it man right like forms of different forms of like robot and shit like oh yeah that. yeah ro- i mean that's yeah it's like robot center like animations another style of popping it's it's deep it's deep deep <laughs> yeah that's just like any other trend or anything like uh, if anybody wants to check out any like dance stuff i definitely recommend uh, an event coming up called breaking hearts we don't have too many like hip hop jams anymore, but that's still one of them that's good for spectators to see not only breaking but like all styles of hip hop and popping and freestyle dance. Shit that goes on. Yeah, for sure. That's nice. I'll have to go check it out because I actually have been into that kind of shit before. Like to do it, I've uh, I've been into uh, cosplay before. You know, like oh yeah, dressing mm-hmm. up like in comic cons and shit mm-hmm. like that. And for one of the routines, I've actually uh, did like a skit of dancing, and I tried to replicate the Backstreet Boys uh, fucking. 
uh, Backstreet's Back. And okay. I learned most of it. I got like, I get the rhythmic pattern and what you have to do for uh-huh. like learning how to do the dancing yeah. and stuff. Yeah. But it's such a different level when you're learning so many other things. Like, uh, I can't remember the exact term of what it was because I was just looking at a video of it too. But it's like that uh, technique where you start like air flipping with your hands. Okay. And you kind of like you just rotate. You're not like spinning, like kind of like. That. But still on your yeah, hands. I know what you're talking about. You're not. You're not on your back or anything like that. That's uh-huh. so intense. I'm just like fuck. That's sick. And that's like one of those okay. stupid little things where like it would be cool to learn. No, I hear you. Yeah. I taught classes for a long time. I don't want to say a long time. Probably a little bit over two years. And I really enjoyed that. It was like mostly the kids. I had some. Te- I had some older students once in a while too, but mostly, mostly like kids in from nine to twelve. And I had a blast. I taught at two different studios. I even taught uh, an adaptive dance program with a couple of other instructors where we would teach people with special needs. Oh, sure. And that was people of all ages, of all different types of um, special needs and adapt, you know, adaptive needs. So that was really fun and really humbling, man. Like, you got to see... Because in Breaking, this is the thing that I like about comedy more than the b-boy scene. Is in b-boying... Everybody has this, like, they have to keep this facade that they're so cool and they're so fresh all the time and, like, that too cool for school vibe. And now, like, I ain't gonna gonna be silly, man. That shit's fucking whack. Not even checking it out. Yeah, bro. It's just, like, always too cool and shit. Not everyone. I don't want to say all b-boys like that, but that's just, like, some of the overall vibe that I would get from cats. And I'm a pretty silly person. Like, once you get to know me, once I feel, like, comfortable in a setting, I'm a pretty silly person naturally. So that's the thing I like to be in comedy, like... I just could be goofy as it could be. That's why you half the time see us like making silly videos or just do doing random stuff outside and stuff like that. And so that's the thing I like is just being able to be goofy and silly and not always have to always be super cool. Yeah. <laughs> Steezed out. And that that's how weird that happens too. It's like I kind of feel that way how it was in like the music scene when I was playing heavy metal. Okay. Like, you know, it's like that. everyone's cooler than the other band and like, oh yeah, we're a little more uptight. We're not even gonna watch these guys play yeah, exactly. shit like that. But like, they, but you guys all dress the same. So yeah. and hey, we all play at the same show that. and shit like that. You buy your hair scrunchies and uh. the same Sally's on Fourth <laughs> Street and you want to act cooler than me. Tune your guitar the same dumb way, right? <laughs> but that's getting back to teaching the adaptive students that's what i liked about that class is they had no ego it was people like i said of all ages of all different functioning levels and and everybody you saw people dancing and having the best time dude and and then i got really out of my comfort zone and really humbled me too because when the ballet dancer was up there i'm having a dance i'm dancing with him and doing ballet and i didn't know how to do that yeah or like um lyrical like some of the dances and then, then i would go up and teach them breaking and some hip-hop and and uh, it was that was a blast, man. I really enjoyed that. It, it was tough because it's like Saturdays from twelve to two in Rio Rancho. Oh, so shit. it's a real the travel. It's a trek for sure. Yeah. Um, but man, I, I really enjoyed that. That that's, was that was fun for sure. It. The most humbling thing you go there when you leave, you're just uh, your ego's just checked, dude. Yeah, it's like what are you gonna like? Yeah, who, who are you trying to impress? Exactly, there? exactly. When you're down, and, and you know the silly stuff happens, bro. There's a couple times like there's one time this. Young girl was like started twerking all inappropriately in class, and, <laughs> and they're like trying to get her. They're like doing ballet walks, and this girl's just getting it, dude, twerking. <laughs> and she's trying to twerk on this other boy, especially is, and he's tripping out. That's what we used to see, and that's my group, of course, right. because that's what happens. That's the hip hop side of it. Yeah, so I jo- I enjoy that, and when I so when I first started comedy, I realized that I always just like. 
who I am and where I come from is like the biggest part of what is like I hold true to myself. So I'm like I, I, I used to talk about breaking a lot more on stage. I, I don't know why I don't as much. I need to get bring it back. But I would talk about like dancing, and and battling and a couple jokes and I and I would that's where I started getting real physical. So I don't know if you've seen some of that material that I do because I don't do it at the open mics as much as I do like my book shows. But um, I wanted a way to like showcase my physicality without necessarily having to start dancing or like get on my head or be in a freeze yeah, okay. to get across a point that I can dance. So I instead would just like, I would be doing a joke and I would just throw like a crazy flexible high kick or like a fan kick. And I don't necessarily off the bat look like a flexible dude. So if I'm like, boop, 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 and then boom, like really physical movement, it it's misdirection, but by like physicality instead of wordplay. Okay. So you know what I mean, and then and then they and then you start to and then once you get it like start moving a little bit more, and you know going into your act outs, and using it there like not always just being bouncing off the walls, but using it in spurts, using it in timed moments, to draw the attention, pull focus, or get a you know get the reaction you're looking for, and so I would do that instead of like actually dancing. Okay. Um, and then there was times where people would like. Every time I would start getting introduced a certain way, like notice this, if people start introducing you and they start saying the same style about how you do comedy or who you are. When I very first started, I do a lot of material about my family. And I and I still had like a lot of jokes about my dad. I have this story joke about my grandfather who had cancer and and um and I still tell that I close that's like my closer when I do forty five or hour long sets, I'll close out still with that story about my grandpa. And um People would be like, oh, you're like a storytelling comic. I remember being at an open mic and they're like, we're going to put you in the second half because you do, you do like more like storytelling and we want people that are like kind of quick up front. Yeah. See, that's so weird to think about that, that there's so many genres of comedy yeah. stylings, like storytelling, prop comedy and stuff like that. Like <laughs> all that shit that comes in is like so fucking weird. Yeah. yeah but, like, like, con- like character acts and um, improv, all yeah, that shit. Hey, somebody give me a city in Mississippi. Uh, <laughs> let me just go ahead and get it all situated, right? Um, and so when I when I got, like, people were telling me I was, like, storytelling comic, that's when I started to be like, I want to use my physicality. And I want to, like, do movements that other people can't recreate. Because I'm, that's like, I used to do this joke where I'd, like, almost, like, pick up my head and put it over my, or leg and put it over my head. And it's just, like, silly stuff. Um and then people started introing me like, this next comedian's crazy energetic and he bounces off the walls and he's super physical. And you all expect and then it, that. Exactly. So if you go up and then if you're not working on material that's like crazy active. Like, <laughs> yeah, exactly. He's already expecting that. Is So and then after that, I would go up there and I would sit down like all last summer. and like just sit. If you like look at my pictures from last summer, I'm like sitting down on almost all of them. Okay. So I go and sit down. And then once I would like feel comfortable or just want to do my act out, like I stand for the act outs and I'd sit back down and just to get away from kind of how I was always being introed. And, and then um, someone even told me like, oh, you do a lot of like Hispanic based material or, you know, a lot of like New Mexico references and stuff, which I like to do, you know what I mean? Especially here in town. Yeah. Why would But then you, I was right? like, okay. And then I started writing a bunch of stuff that was just like super random, diff- just so every time I get someone like describes me a certain way, I'll ride away from that. Okay, just to start opening up more avenues exactly. and stuff too, because I can see where if people think you're a one note kind of mm-hmm. person, mm-hmm. that's just kind of 
Just never staying in a comfort zone, too. That's true. Just never saying, you know, it's always good to get out of your comfort zone. That's something I learned just throughout life in general. Like, random stories. Like, one time I was in college when I started, break, like, b-boying really heavily. And I was breaking a lot with my homies. And I was, like, getting into a crew. And I was going to UNM at the time. And I was looking through the classes, the extracurricular classes. And I saw that they had hip-hop dance classes. Oh, shit. They had hip-hop one and hip-hop two. And hip-hop one was full. And being, like... Totally ignorant. I fucking was like, oh, I'm a I'm a b boy who's like brand new, not even that good. I'm like, I could go, I could sign up for hip hop too, and they'll probably just like, they'll probably just have me do my own thing. Like I'll come in and I'll they'll do like their choreography, and then I'll probably just like break and hit some moves. Nah, friend. <laughs> it was it. Nah, friend. It was a bunch of ladies and me, and they were doing choreo and getting it and body rolls, and and I'm like. And and it's just one of those things, yeah, bro. But but also, it was a bunch of banging hip hop dancers with yeah. like abs and shit. And I'm like, all right, well, maybe I'll try this out for a few weeks. I can still stick with this. And I was horrible, but I stuck out the whole class, dog. Nice. Did I get a date at the end of the class? No, friend. But that's not what matters. I hit my solo at the end, and I killed my body rolls. Dog. They appreciated you there. They appreciated me. I got. Got most improved answer, I think. There you go, right? They had a little award. <laughs> no, but the just the getting out of your comfort zone was good. Like, even right now, I signed up for a salsa class with my lady. Yeah, I see that. She's always wanted it. She's, like, already pretty good at salsa, but never taken an actual class. I don't know anything about that. I could b-boy and, like, get down a little bit. I feel comfortable dancing, but that's not... I don't, I don't, I don't know how to partner dance. I can two step with my grandma. It kind of does help, though, right? Uh, at least you know, oh, kind yeah, of like rhythmic sure. movement sure. and stuff like for that. Sure. Being able to know stuff like that it kind for of does sure. help. It, so it's pretty cool. But I'm pretty sure it's a whole different game. I want to try some other stuff out too. Like I'd love to take like some kind of like a grappling class because that's always super. Like I um, like bodybuilding and weightlifting is always something I've really that's been into sick. as well. Like my dad was an old school bodybuilder, and I was not ever an athletic or in shape kid growing up like i was a chubby chunky kid in middle school in high school i lost weight but didn't have like any muscle mass it wasn't until i was in college when i actually started working out and eating like i don't want to see even better because i thought i was eating good now i thought i was eating good then and i was really just putting food in me but uh, i started getting into weightlifting and that's turned into something i loved over the years i don't ever want to like compete or be like a crazy big bodybuilder yeah. but i love lifting weights and uh the sport and I and, and the dedication that I've gotten from that helps in comedy. It helps stay dedicated. It helps to be able to like, all right, I'm going to do this open mic every night this week and I'm not going to drink and I'm going to write, write and I'm going to try out new material. And it's just like the dedication you take from one, like whatever you're dedicated in and you, you're passionate about, take that same dedication and apply in it in everything else. else. Yeah, yeah, that's such beautiful. That greatest words ever spoken because that's so true is because... If you want to be good at a skill, you have to want to do it and be passionate about it. Anything. Like, I've been playing guitar for about, like, at least 11 to 12 years. So, like, I know the struggle of how hard it takes. Like, I look back and I'm just like, I sucked back in the day. Like, it took so long to get as good as I am now. But now Mm -hmm. I can throw on music and throw on anything, jam for hours, entertain people for years and just be like... Hell yeah. yeah, but it took so long to build to that. And now having that discipline with the guitar, oh, transitioning yeah. to 
the comedy scene, I get it. I get it. I'm not going to get any better if I'm just like, oh, well, I'll do a mic on Wednesday and on uh, Thursday if I can. I have to try my best to get out there every fucking night. And I see that, bro. And that's why I like... I might not have said something right away, but once I saw you out a little bit, I was like, yo, I see you're coming out, dog. Like, keep doing it. Yeah. And Josh will maybe give me shit sometimes because I can seem a little standoffish at the mics. Or sometimes I'm, like, so silly that it's a, it's like almost like a way for me. It's a defense mechanism for me to avoid conversation. Because if I'm being, like, over-the-top silly and saying things that are almost like rhetorical statements, it doesn't really offer any openings for someone to, like conversate back with me okay so a lot of times if you'll see me just like wow like say some wild shit that's just honestly me avoiding conversation just trying or to get just my weird anxieties and stuff and and is that from like trying to like getting introduced to new people in a new scene or just like just the weird interaction you know happens at those kind of scenes i think doing open mics for three years straight consecutively i've seen so many people come and go in this short amount of time i've seen so many people that are literally just out of their shit coming to these open mics like you're like yo they're this person needs some legit like social help bro um <laughs> do you think we have one of those right now oh guarantee there's three at least <laughs> um and uh, uh that's a good one. but um i've seen so many people even like th- even people that like have a good head on their shoulders and they come and they're bright stars bro they come into the game and they're green and right away they want to go out of state they want to headline shows and they don't even have five minutes of good material okay. and they're like little bright stars and they fizzle out dude and there's people you'll see start in a few months and then a few months later you'll you know they make they make websites and everything and then they six months later they're not even around doing like i've seen it so many times already so my biggest thing is i wait till i see someone that looks like they're going to be consistent someone that looks like they're enjoying it so people someone that someone that looks like they're going about it the right way and i'll be like yo man i like like a like a I'll give up props right now to uh, Jimmy Valentine. Um, he's a new dude. I've seen him out pretty regularly. He has actual jokes he's trying out. Um, you could tell, you know, definitely has some stuff he needs to work on, but he's out there working the other night. I just told him, like, hey, man, I see some of your stuff, like some of your material, just keep coming out. Because when I got that when I started, that little it that little bit of props, bro, gave me the most fire. Like you know, me and Josh are close as shit. That's my that's my brother right there. That's a Coco Pelli sniper, dude. You know what I mean? But he was the first person. Shout out to Johnny, yeah. uh, Ian Colic. He just said, "What's the show about?" We're just having a podcast, hanging out with Zach Abeda. Check the uh, description and let us know what you think. Give us a shout out if you're uh, hanging out. Anyway, Kirky Comedy. What's up, dog? What's up? Um, but yeah, but Josh was the first person at a mic to ever like tell me I was funny. Like my third open mic ever. That's so crazy how you tell these stories and it happens and people like the first, I unfortunately like I love this guy. He's been super nice to me and he's helped me out so much. But the first person to do that for me was Corey. Okay. Corey Herrera. Yeah, yeah. And he's like the like I went out my first night and he can't, he saw me and I nobody else, even the way Tito introduced me the first night. I my first night, he was just like, This is a new face on the scene, give it up for Angel Lopez. Yeah. And then like going consecutively and i went for like the fourth night and i saw a new person come up and i was like the energy you gave up. the energy you gave this person compared to what to me this is pretty kind of it could really affect you and how you like perceive someone when you first start i'll be pissed if it's me 
I'm pissed already. It's not me. Oh, is it? I'm pissed. It's me, dude. Am I watching it pick it up? Son of a Edit bitch. Edit it out. Edit it out. It's going. It's Josh Warren. Yeah, I'm pissed. It's Royal. I'm pissed. Let's actually answer it. What is up? Get put Royal on the line. Yo, what's up, brother? We're podcasting on live on on live on live air right now. <laughs> Muse me TV, baby. What's Question. up? Do you have any flour? <laughs> <laughs> Live on the podcast. What is this podcast about? They just asked. <laughs> hey, dude, we're just trying to grind is what's going on. We're trying to get connections, <laughs> hey, networking. Le- let me call you. <laughs> I'm, I'm live on air on podcast right now with on hell. And you're on speakerphone. <laughs> let me call you back. <laughs> you heard it here, folks. You heard it here. Right <laughs> yeah. on Muse Me TV, man. That's the shit. See, that's why I need to have more fucking comics and shit on the fucking podcast. Oh, gosh. That was genius. Um, but, yeah, what we were talking about. Yeah, dude. Left the first turn, Im- dude. <laughs> first impressions people give you um, really impact you. So saying those little things, you never know who it could really help them yeah. out. And, and if you're rude to someone, too, you never know how somebody could take that that's when they true. first start out. So I was pretty happy when Corey said that. He's like, hey, man, I know it wasn't, it was, it wasn't seem so good, but you got to keep coming out. It's just you got to keep working. And I was like, thanks, man. Pretty cool. And then you're like, you too. <laughs> <laughs> how does that even work? Why do people have beef uh, like that? See, coming into this new as well, too, it's like fucking high school, dude. Like, everyone's all, like, yeah, clicky and it, shit. Uh, Everyone's like, yeah, oh, 2000, I have my own fucking production and I do my own shit. I'm like, what is going on? 2019 hashtag me too. 2020 in Albuquerque's hashtag YouTube rather YouTube, YouTube dog. God. YouTube. Rather. How does that even happen though? No, dude, I stay away from all that stuff. I don't post no none of those Facebook fucking gripes and all. I stay away from. I do my own thing, bro. That's what I'm trying to do. That's why I'm trying to get established <coughs> in this scene, but still be neutral with everybody. This is the thing that a lot of people understand, Rose. A lot of these people that get salty and that are like bur- quick to burn bridges and not, okay, like I said, you're doing this the right way. There's people that are not going about it the right way. And I hope you know, see what I mean by when I say the right way about being cool to to the existing comedians when you go out. Um, being consecutive, trying to get booked, but trying not to overstep and be like, I'm a, like, I'm a headliner. When you, when you know that you don't even have a good five, a banging five and you're trying to, and bro, real headliner sets a 45. You got 45? You're going to do 45 yeah, and that's after just, me? That's crazy to think about too. Yeah. You're going to do 45 after Fournier goes up and shows his native nips. Cause I've seen him do it. <laughs> and he's not even killing if he did that. And he has a chain connecting both piercings. <laughs> Tatanka in the house. Um, no, I'm just saying. So, um, just the right way. And another thing is just burning bridges. A lot of people don't realize that this level, even where you're, even where I'm at, uh, three years in, which isn't shit, dog. It ain't shit. Ninety percent of our work comes from our friends and our community. Ninety percent of your work and your opportunities is going to come from the other comedians you meet right now, where you're at. And think about that. Any opportunity you've gotten booked on is because been, I knew somebody or not like or someone you've met yeah. through the short amount of time you've done comedy. That's true. Okay. And so every time you burn one of those bridges, every time you you uh, leave someone hanging or tell someone you're going to do something and don't tell someone you're going to put them on and don't um, gas someone up and then just kind of leave them in the dust. That's going to burn a bridge for you, and then those people are going to have opportunities come up for them, and you're not going to be their go-to person that they recommend. 
I got, I'll, I'll be straight up right now. Everybody knows my go-to people right now that I'll take anywhere with me are Josh and Maverick. I'll take those dudes anywhere with me. Do you, okay. This is a question that was asked later on. Yeah, yeah. I didn't want to. No, th- you're straight. Out to send, uh, uh, who are your favorite three comedians in Albuquerque? In Albuquerque. Um, well, I just said two of them and, and not only cause they're my buddies because they're young, they're grinding hard as shit. They're taking chances. Maverick's 23. He already moved to another scene. You know, there's people in here that have been doing comedy for 23 years, never moved to another scene. See, oh, that's what pisses me off, too. I feel like I'm too fucking late to all of this. It's like I've established myself too much here that I'm just like, fuck, what if I just wanted to book and leave and go straight to Los Angeles? Well, I can't because my fucking job makes me fucking stay here and I have like this financial stability that I have to still live for. How does that? I know. Well, you know, there's a difference between being like responsible and logical and and this is this is where i think artists let's go okay we'll go back to the question but let me just say this real quick this is where i think artists of any genre become salty and bitter and these gripes and these things start to happen in the community where you don't see artists supporting artists especially in albuquerque i think because we have a, a scene where there is no bigger opportunities for us where you could get some talent you could get some some like some leeway, some something going. But if you don't take the leap of faith, if you don't go to the bigger opportunity, do the thing like you said, quit your job, move out of your house. If you don't do those bigger steps, those people turn bitter over time. And what happens is the people that is happening for them and the people that do take those chances, even if they're happy for them, even if those are those homies, they become so insecure and bitter within themselves that they can't show love anymore. And they just come across as a salty upset person and that's what you see that's that vibe you see in albuquerque a lot especially with these older cats okay so that's kind of what i guess my question is then is Mm -hmm. like it just builds up to that kind of sense it's like if you really don't want to if you really want to try and do something Mm -hmm. you will really try and do it because second guessing yourself or like kind of putting yourself in like this little hole or like oh i don't know maybe give me a three weeks or stuff like that because unfortunately that's how a lot of people get stuck doing what they do, yeah. right? I mean... And and what you're going to see is, bro, like, I'm not out here to be liked by everyone. That's not my goal. If you like me, cool. If not, it's it's whatever. Like, I'm just out here to do my thing and to grind as hard as possible and be funny and, and get work. And, and uh, what I think happens is, like I said, those people that turn bitter, don't worry about them because there's also going to be a lot of people that are going to come out of nowhere that are going to show love. And that's going to be the craziest thing. When you wake up and you have messages like, oh, you that I saw you perform last night and I was having like a really shitty week and that made me feel so much better. Like, thank you for that. And you don't even know who this person like those little things start to me, even with another comedian, like, hey, I really respect you and look up to you. If you could ever offer a bit of advice, I'd appreciate it. Like that. That stuff means the world to me. That's why I do it. And and um, when you start to get props like from those older, like I said, there's old, the people are going to be bitter, whatever. But then you're going to see the people that are like those older veteran cats and they're like showing you love and they're like yo i really see you working i really see you doing something keep you got something going on keep doing it that's that's when it means the world you that's know when it I mean? gets yeah because i mean I've, I've heard it from royal a few times he's like man if you keep doing what you're doing man you, you can do something i'm mm-hmm. just like that that's really encouraging makes me want to go out there more even those nights where i fuck up and shit there's no laughs nobody there it's like it's it's okay because that's the craft of trying to get good at something. Like even if you play guitar over and over and over again, yeah. and fucking nobody listens. I think it's like have long term goals, have measurable goals. Like every night when I go out to the open mic, 
I'm I'm working on something. It may not look like it. It may look like I just like am totally joking around or having a good time or just like whatever whatever people perceive it as. I'm working on a specific thing every night. And even if people are, he didn't even tell a joke. He just was messing around the whole time. Okay, I was working on. I was in the moment for five minutes. I didn't. I didn't. I was a QB in the pocket for five minutes, and I didn't have to leave. You know what I mean? Like, and that was a big thing I started working on last year. Once I started really realizing that I could polish up some material, that writing was, um, you know, I do have a, an English degree in creative writing and that really gave me a backbone to be able to, to craft jokes okay. and write. And that's something a lot of people in the scene, um, don't know unless they know me a little bit more personally. Okay. That's actually pretty cool. I didn't know that. Yeah. And, well, um, so once I realized that writing was something that I enjoyed and, and can craft, I was like. Not necessarily want to work on crowd work, but I listened to a podcast by Run Funches, and he was talking about working on being in the moment. He was saying that, he's all right now I'm working on being in the moment as long as possible. When I get on stage, I try to be in the moment as long as possible before having to dive into material. And I like, that hit me so hard. So when I go up there, I read the room, I scan the audience for anything that just pops out to me right away. Yeah. That's like quick, I could talk about if I could make a quick reference or analogy. Um, I try to get the room on my side right away. So I, I'll go up there and I'm like, I'm not like, oh, fuck this guy's t-shirt. Yeah. You're going to lose the audience. Even if you want to roast people, go. That's, that's more, get them on your side first. Okay. A lot of, one of my like favorite little tricks is I'll give someone a compliment and then follow immediately that up with like the roast. Like that's the misdirection. Okay. Give it up for this person, blah, 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 blah. They have the nice blah, blah, blah. And then the roast. Okay. You know what I mean? But you already have them on your side. You already, you got that guy on your side. At least, yeah. So nice. once you roast him, it's a little, he's not as like offended. Okay. You know what I mean? Little, little chips. Like, and then if you feel like you're starting to lose them, you got your material. Just start doing your shit. Start doing your act. At least do something that you know can gain them back, exactly. right? And there's some days that it's not going to work at all. You And then there's some times where you're in the mo and it's working so well that five minutes go by. I remember like last year that it was going so well that after a couple minutes I would joke around on stage. And I'm like, shit, I haven't even told a joke yet. And I would like say it in like a, a funny way. But then the audience would realize, oh, like he hasn't even told the joke. Like yeah. He's just been talking to us. So like being in the moment is something that... I work on a lot, which may look like I'm just messing around, but working on something. Um, new jokes weekly, you know what I mean? And you you throw you find stuff that you really enjoy talking about, and you're like, okay, that one was that was just you know a premise. Maybe that's not really going anywhere. And then you'll pick. Sometimes you'll pick stuff up a year later, like just, that, like that downtown bit I talk about, the like with it being in the sewers, all that bit. I wrote like year one. But it didn't bring it back to like late last year once I moved downtown. Okay. Because I was like, oh, it makes a little bit more sense to talk about it now. And I like, and it got way better. Now I really enjoy telling that joke. And you kind of, do you bring different elements to it now? Or was it told kind of the same way? Yeah, I do bring different. I, I tied in another loose joke about the first place I lived, which was just outside of downtown. So I met shows together. So I had like a minute joke that I took and put together with this like three and a half minute joke. Extended it a little bit longer before you know it, you got a five minute bit. Okay. You know what I mean? And uh, I have this like Harry Potter joke that I really like to tell too. It's on my YouTube. So if you check out my YouTube channel, there's a, a skit about uh, no Hispanic wizards and Harry Potter. I told that joke for almost a year before I found the punchline. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like consecutively. And I was like, it always felt like it was going somewhere. It always felt like it was going somewhere, but it never felt like it, it ended the right way. As high as just some of the laughs were in the middle. Okay. And then just, I was at a mill, I told this, I did this military base show last year and I kind of got like heckled in the joke a little bit. Um, and uh, 
when I was doing it and this guy said something about when I said something about no I don't want to like give away the punchline you could check out the joke if you want but like what but the interaction with the guy gave me ended up making for the punchline that now I use and Everywhere, close out the joke all with. the time yeah, yeah and now I'm like well not that's the punchline that's the end of the joke and that's kind of cool to think about too because uh I don't know if you've done uh what was it uh Sarah Kennedy's and Kevin Baca's show Bit Bandits I haven't yet you have I like Sarah Kennedy a lot I definitely going to try to do that when I can that was pretty cool that uh they actually invited me to do that show uh one time and uh it's that whole thing where you just write down your bits and you trade it with somebody uh-huh. else and it, it kind of like uh there are some people that did that show already that kind of have that same thing too is like all i had was an idea of someone else's joke and now i run with that joke because i made it my own and it's Mm -hmm. like your own crafted thing where it's just like it came from somebody else yeah kind of like your whole thing where the guy in the audience i mean that's that's cool to think about too is like you just working the room or just doing regular material kind of helps to find out oh shit this works like that uh, it's sick like that coming out in comedy has been fun figuring out and again i'm barely starting like i'm barely fucking five months in like barely touching my toes barely thinking about what else can be out there and stuff like i can't even imagine what concepts of like incorporating music inside of like comedy and stuff like that that i really want to do or even just being able to say certain jokes that Mm -hmm. right now i feel like these are funny super funny and then i try them and nothing happens and why? Because I don't try them enough or I don't know exactly where the actual funny part should be and shit like that. Yeah. There's so many aspects of like not – there's so many things that can be funny, but it's like how you make them funny. It's the same thing in Breaking Dog. It's so similar. I, I pull so many similarities from b-boying and, and comedy. Like when I would teach people a step, even when I first started – just simple top rock steps, just the simple dancing. You're doing the step. You're doing it on beat. You're doing it right. But why don't you look smooth like your homie that's been dancing for 15 years? Like, how come his looks so much more smoother and cleaner and natural? We're doing the same. We're on the same beat. And it's like, same thing. Like, you're like, well, my jokes, you know, my premise is just as funny. Like, why is that guy, how come the cadence, how come his flow is so much funnier? How, how come the way he... Um, like says the words and just ex- you know expresses enunciates the words. Yeah. The timing, the pacing, all that stuff is what makes it funny. You know what I'm saying? So, you know, there's a like you know I'll send you a little bit of tricks, but there's a little there are a little bit of tricks to punch up your jokes. Um, you know, some of the most basic ones. I'll send you a little bit of roll of three. I'm sure you already yeah. know. And yeah. I have a joke like that too, but I just don't. Yeah. I, I I don't get how it works so well because there are certain things where I'm just like, okay, it should be a build up to something funny at the end. Yeah. But is it just like is the build up not so funny that I'm not saying things that make it funny or because you know Jerry Seinfeld once said to it's the distance that you place the punchline from the premise that's gonna like gauge how funny it is and like how funny that joke and how the laughter perceives it. So some jokes, that that punchline needs to be close to the premise. Some jokes, you need to really work the premise and then the punchline such a misdirection from that premise that, you know, there's so many ways, okay? So finding the distance from your punchline to your premise to where the funny is in there. Okay. You know what I'm saying? Um, I don't really longhand jokes. That's not my style. Like, I don't really take my joke and just write out every word in premise to me, it gets a little bit too wordy. It gets a little bit to something I have to memorize, and then I'll stumble over it when I'm saying it and stuff like that. So the way I craft a joke 
for you or anybody out there how to, wants to know how I do my thing is I kind of bullet him style. So I'll come up with my premise, um, say a joke I have is like, um, I have a joke where I talk about like I take 17 dabs. That's the first thing I have to say. Yeah. Boom. So I write the joke, 17 dabs. And then I write all the, like the tags for it. And I write, okay, well, that's funny because it's like um, high tolerance. Um, it wouldn't be funny if I had a high tolerance in other drugs. Act out, that out. Um, and then I like, I'll, I'll have like five or six bullet points. And those are all the tags of where I want like something to be funny in there. And then the last one will just be like the punchline. Okay. You know what I mean? And that leaves me a lot more room to play with the joke and try yeah, to craft it. Look, find different keys or stuff that you're looking for in there. Mm -hmm. One thing I need, definitely need to get better that I see, like 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 Josh does a lot more, and and, and Lloyd does, is uh, record my sets. Like I need to. That, that's the only reason why I've been getting better. Yeah. To be honest, is because I've rec uh, from I can't remember the exact date, but I've recorded every st set every nice. day, and that's like I can tell. I'm just like, oh, this joke hits. I'm gonna keep this one. This one's funny. Okay, I can punch it up a little bit more, exactly. or there's a something. Something. I have there. a little bit of like I don't ever want to say I'm like I'm a little superpower or something silly, but. Like when, okay, when I was in the gym, I have like a weak memory to where I can remember exactly what I worked out, exactly what sets I did and stuff for like a week. Once that week passes the next week, I can't remember what I did like two weeks before that. But in comedy, I'm pretty similar to like last night at Raw and Sauce, I just fucked around with all new stuff. And tonight I like, okay, I liked that. And then I took all the stuff I liked from last night and I tried it tonight and it was like tighter. Okay. And I was like, that's something. And then like I have like a bit. That I would, it was just, it's still loose, but it was tighter. It was still getting laughs. Like it was a little bit more planned out. And I'm like, okay, well, that's something I'm definitely going to mess with now more. And I found like basically two new bits that could, could separate them, could tell them together, could still, you know, still playing with it. Okay. But yeah, but still recording it is key. There's no, like I said, you know, there's no hiding from the mirror. There's no hiding from the camera. Yeah. Cause you that's know exactly a, what you said. You know exactly what happened. Yeah. And you can get the, the anticipation of reactions too. Because like the more I've recorded it too, I've noticed that like, oh man, I'm super fast on this joke. There's no way no one's even listening to it at that point if I'm like super going through it super fast. Or where like you hear uh, other people too. Like I, it's kind of stupid, but like you can tell when that joke hits in certain areas, like you're just like, I didn't hear anybody laugh. Why yeah. didn't in my head where I was standing, there was a laughter, but then again, cat was right there. So yeah. fucking, you go all crazy, but then you hear the tape and you're just like, Oh dude, yeah, that, that joke didn't hit at all. I don't know why in my head, I thought that joke was bombing, but in mm -hmm. that sense, mm -hmm. recording, it fucking really does play so a role. Much. So the, real quick, like a couple bits of a, you know things that I would throw out there that I've learned to help you in crafting jokes and bits is the rule of three. You can look at it a couple different ways: funny, funnier, funniest. All right. So like descriptions, or it could be like, um, like first example, second example is like more far out. Third example is even more far out. You know what I mean? I'm trying to think of a joke where I... See, okay, so uh, I'll just tell you the joke that I'm working on okay. and maybe we can work on it a little bit is uh, where I have this thing where at my age I have nothing going for me so I Google dumb shit uh -huh. and then the rule of three comes where I Google the three dumb shit uh -huh. is uh, me trying to find a superpower, me trying to sell my semen, and me trying to find a job. Uh -huh. So like, and I feel like it's the superpower is kind of funny, blah, blah, blah. And then, oh, he has okay. no money. He's okay. selling for semen. But then okay. the job, he because why would so that be the I, last so one? The, okay, so if I would just to play with those three, the way I would do it is the, the most logical first, right? Um, how, how to find a job. Okay. Okay? That's the most, like, normal one. 
then the how like how to sell your semen it's a little bit more far out but that's like a little bit more drastic like you're looking for a job you really need money okay and then the third one's like totally far out it's the that's like the absurd one okay. like how to be a superhero that's crazy to and think about like, that i had it backwards exactly exactly <laughs> something like you like my attention man so sport a show short that you know like i'm looking for a job sometimes and then i end up doing like you know shit that doesn't even it matters so yeah like, i'll end up googling and, dumb shit yeah and then you and, but um like i have a job where i talk about or a joke where i talk about like getting my like i talk about getting my degree my first job and then what do I do now? And those are like my rule, like the threes. And I kind of like use those three as I go throughout the joke. Um, even the it joke, like my three references, like I do the Jason one, Michael Myers, and then it, and it's the, where the punchline is. Oh, okay. You know what I mean? Um, another one's misdirection, like pull them, take them one way, pull them another way. Because I've actually, I don't know why a lot of people give them flack as well, but I've actually kind of learned a lot from Troy as well. Yeah, Troy. I mean, yeah, Troy takes his comedy very seriously. So, because uh, um, I've been to like a few of his writing sessions, mm -hmm. and and we've worked on some stuff, and it's actually really beneficial. Yeah. But yeah. Uh, seeing that same the stuff that you're saying uh -huh. is so crazy. Yeah, we've yeah, talked about me and Troy have talked about writing a lot. He has a board that yeah, has yeah. all uh -huh. of these, and I'm just like, holy shit! Because I I look at yep. that all the time, and I'm just like, I'm trying to work off jokes of what stuff like that is too. But it's so weird how you can find just like. I'm writing a joke, but all, all of a sudden it has misdirection or surprise or something okay. that kind of throws you off and shit and like that. One other bit of advice that I could give you that a lot of people don't talk about is not necessarily just about joke writing. It's just about performing, right? Um, Theo Vaughn kind of hit hit me in like hit me in the soul one time when he said this on a podcast. He's like, he's like, man, he's like, I'll be out here at the comedy store sometimes. He's like, seventy percent of the people out here they aren't even comedians. They're out here just telling jokes. They're not even performing. They're just joke writers. <laughs> And I was like, oh, like, think about it. Like, you're at a open mic. How many people out there aren't even performing? They're just telling, like, they're just joke writers. They're just, like, telling jokes. St stuff and it they... is whatever you think stand-up. But I'm, I want to, like, perform. Okay. I want to perform an act. No, I see what you're saying. Because you know I try to. I do the same thing. Like, you know, Moses in the sea. No, and exactly. I'm, just, I'm doing shit like mm -hmm. that where I'm just mm -hmm. trying to get more interaction from the crowd, too. And that's exactly. why I like when you brought that up, too, where you throw your the high kicks and shit like that. Because and it's... Yeah. You're at, like, there's so many jokes where I have act outs in them. I really like to do act outs. I like to be silly. I like to act out the jokes. I'll give a couple of examples right now. Like, I talk about the joke I just said that's on my YouTube, the note. No Hispanic wizards in Harry Potter. Yeah. Right? That's the premise. And then I do a bunch of act outs of that idea. If I just said, like, yeah, it's, like, kind of crazy that there's no Hispanic wizards in Harry Potter, huh? Like, that's not, <laughs> you know, it's, like, not too funny. You don't get into it, yeah. Yeah, even, like, the, like you know, I like talk about growing up in the North Valley. I talk about a joke about growing up around, like, Chicano dudes and Vato Cholo dudes. And um, I'd be like, yeah, Vato dudes are, like, intimidating. And then I like describe it and act it out. But if I just said that, it was like the funny in that. Yeah. You can't see it. Exactly. How could you get someone to relate to that? Like how, um, I'm trying to even, even just little act outs. Like I have this joke I talk about losing my hair that I call bald Jesus. If you see it, you'll know why. But I do just this little quick act out where I like, I point my foot in, but I like, I really point it in this like very specific way. And I've had a lot of people come up to me after that show and like, are you a dancer? But like, I saw how you pointed your toe and just the, sometimes the littlest things can, can make the biggest difference. Okay. Sometimes you don't have to bounce off the walls to get the reaction, but the little, the plan, like 
you know, become fully becoming a character. Like when I do an act out, when I'm telling my premise, blah, 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 I'm here, right? When I'm, say I'm the Vato, I fully become that dude. You know what I'm saying? I don't hold back at anything. I'm act, the whole act exactly. Out. Even if you're doing like I'm the Chola or something, dude. you want to yeah, go with exactly. it. Exactly. Um, so just yeah, commit to your bit. That's like, you know, another quick one. But one of my biggest things is be likable. Like when you watch comedy, your favorite comedians like are likable people. There's someone that you could watch for an hour easily. Think about that. Like, am I somebody like if I saw myself, what I'd want to look at myself and listen to myself for an hour. <laughs> it's like self-evaluation. It, it's hard, but it's yeah. true. And that likable thing. That's what I say. Like when I first get into a room, I try to win over the room in 15 seconds and get everyone on my side because you're taking them on a roller coaster. Right? You're the tour guide yeah. every time you do a set. Yeah, everyone all... starts off looking at you. And and you can't just drop those people. You can't just drop those people right off the cliff, off the vat, and expect them to be with you. You got to show them, oh, let's have a little bit of fun. Let's, let's lightly climb the sill. Boom. And then when you take them with you, they're ready and they're with you. But if you just start going and roasting people and offending, and there's only eight people at the open mic, I've seen so many times people trying to roast someone and you lose the audience and, and it's so hard to get them back. Someone just goes up, yeah, look at this asshole shirt right here. Yeah. Boom. <laughs> okay. You know what I mean? Yeah. But if you go, what's up, guys? You're looking good. Dang, dang bro, you got that shirt. Shit, are you on vacation? You going to Benny Hanna? Like, you, you're yeah. silly stuff to ro get him on your side. But and still not totally, like, it's not throwing them down on the bus. Like, like there's this uh, dude that was, uh, like, this brother wearing these crazy little little glasses the other day. And I was like, shit, we got Blade in the house. And I was, like, clouding for looking like Blade, but I wasn't, like, you whack as fuck, bro. I was yeah. like, I love Blade, bro. I saw Blade, too. Scared as shit, but I watched it. Like, that just silly little shit like that. That, that makes so much sense. Because I did that on my set on Monday where I started off right away kind of roasting and the first guy that i hit felt kind of like oh man what an asshole like why would he say that about me because i was like oh this guy's a native with attitude you know the mm -hmm. nwa mm -hmm. and it felt weird but then the next guy was a little bit more lenient because i just said like hey you look like a character from scarface that's mm -hmm. the shit right there yeah exactly so it's like it was like it was like you're you, is yeah it's like you don't know it's like is he roasting music compliment yeah see that's, that's my favorite shit that's my favorite shit but now like you explaining it and stuff oh my god fucking it. it's one of those stupid like oh my god did aliens fucking build the pyramids like dude that's crazy yeah. that's fucking there's that's... like a couple go-tos i have like if i see an older i hate giving away all my tricks but i'll <laughs> but i love to top shot like if i see a group of older people in a real young room i'll single them out right away and i'll be like do some jokes about them but like gas them up a little bit. So I'll be like, I'll be like, oh, give it up for my teacher, Miss Torres, for coming out. Like I'll just do something. I'll be like, I'm gonna get, I'm, I'll get you my homework. I promise. Yeah. Like I'll just like silly stuff to get them. Everyone kind of going. And then um, I I love like stuff like, and that's why I need to fill my sets more because you can't recreate some of those moments. That's true. Very true. That's yeah. it. That's so, some good. That's some good learning, man. Fucking, that was intense. Uh, we have a bunch of questions yeah, here let's from do it. Block Engineer, uh, Blockchain Engineer. He was asking about. Uh, first, he did ask, uh, "Who are you voting for for president? If you're voting for anybody?" Oh, I mean, not to not to upset anyone or anything, but I'm not the most political guy. Um, I will vote, but I'm not even like on board with anything. I don't even have TV at the house. I it's all internet, right? Yeah, dude. Like, who I, love, I don't have TV either. Like, either it's like you know, Huluing it, Netflixing it, YouTube I, all the time. I think a quick way to yeah, the last election really turned me off. I mean, I'm not too political. Let's put it this way: whatever point I stand on, 
my life hasn't gotten any like worse or better because of the political change or the climate of what's going on in our political status right now. And once it does, maybe I'll look into it a little bit more. And maybe that's naive to say, but where I'm at, like I, my head's so focused on what I'm trying to achieve that I'm trying not to get worked up on circumstances that I really can't. I, like I've always voted every time I could, um, but there's, but I don't go to, I don't even really, I never really even talk about it on stage. Yeah. You're not trying to gain a side right away. Yeah. That's how I see it. Um, Cool. What else? Uh, what does Zach think about the impeachment? Uh, ask Zach how I can make political-based jokes. Uh, who, I mean, is this all Nico? <laughs> <laughs> Pretty much. Uh, 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 political-based jokes, you you have to really win over the audience. So, for example, yeah, for, something about Trump. Yeah, you have to really have the audience on your side. And do you have to know where you're at, too? Cause you like, have to know where you're at, for sure. I guess you can say it's acceptable here. It's more yeah. of like kind of a liberal state, you know, oh, kind yeah. of have... For sure. You, there's once in a while you see those conservatives there, but, you know, it's it's you can kind of... Like, one of the lowest hanging fruit lines of the last few years, of course, is two words, fuck Trump. Yeah. Right? Um, Depending on where you are, you could either get the crowd on your side, you could split a crowd, or you could lose a crowd. That's so crazy. Off of two words. And I've seen it in several, in in all the different rooms. I've seen people say just, uh, fuck Trump, right? And the people applause break, screaming. I've seen people say that and it like kind of fall flat and no. Yeah. <laughs> and then I've seen people say that and like people kind of like, we don't even give a shit, dude. Yeah, why did you say that? Like, I mean, I haven't really been to too any like Bible belty places where someone like really thrown that out there trying to get boot. But yeah, I've even at my show, I've seen someone try to do a joke where they immediately, the premise was about being more of a Trump person and the audience just they just like lost them right off the bat that was and I'm it like, you know and that's reading a room and knowing your audience when it comes down to um if you try to do political based stuff still be original you know don't try to be like every other person that wants to be don't be a news host show. Yeah. Yeah. yeah because even i i really like um like late night shows like when i did have tv like conan is one of my favorite shows. I, I love mean, yeah, Conan. you still can check out bits and yeah, stuff too exactly. like just be like oh shit um, they're talking about this let's but, check it out Sometimes, not necessarily doing political-based stuff, but just, like, current event stuff, you could really sound so late-night hosty. Like, and... Did you hear what's going on in Rwanda? Hey, guys. And shit, go with the joke. Like, yeah, I get what you're saying. Yeah. You, you kind of find headlines. More like she Wanda, right? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, dude, so... Exactly. <laughs> they go crazy. Right, Roots? They love, right roots? they love us all, dude. They love us all. That's what we do here on the podcast. Um... There was just another question. Uh, what Zach advised for the first time open mic? Your very first time? For a first time open mic. I don't know if he's talking about doing like your open very, mic you know, no, I, yeah, like or, or hosting it because that's what we're trying to do as well, too. It's like kind of open up an open mic as well. Right, well I guess I'll give a short answer to each. Uh, if you want to do your open, <laughs> um, open mic for the first time, do try to write like a little bit of material. I wouldn't try to have like... Like I said, long form jokes that you've never tried before, but try to have some stuff you want to talk about. Be friendly to the hosts and the fellow comedians there. Introduce yourself to a couple people. Let them know you're new because a lot of times if you show up and you just look like um, sometimes being shy and nervous could easily be misinterpreted as being rude and like standoffish, especially if you're brand new. Because then there is times once in a while where there's like a passing through comic from out of state 
and they kind of just keep to themselves and then you find out that they're like an out-of-state comic and you're like oh the dude just thinks that the shit or they don't want to like network or say what's up and there's sometimes there are people are just brand new and they're like shy and don't really yeah wouldn't even know what to so, say so yeah for your first time have some stuff you want to talk about be friendly uh to the host ask for some advice and uh pay attention like for the first you know like I said, I don't really watch the mics now. It kind of gives me anxiety before I go up. If I'm just in there the whole time, I get less and less off of what I want to talk about and more about what everybody else is talking about. And like, oh, they talk. Oh, that person didn't like that. So I shouldn't talk at that. Oh, and, you know, okay. just I get too much in my head versus like what I just want to say organically. Um, and if you want to start an open mic, promotion, 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 work with the venue, make sure they're on your side. Make sure that you could get, you know, some people there. Don't have it be like, if your sign-up's an hour, have your sign-up be an hour. If you say sign-up's at 7.30, show at 8.30, don't start that bitch at 9.15. Because, you know what I mean, there's the person that goes up last on that night, is it's it's a bummer, dude. Especially if you have to, there's some people that don't have jobs and stuff in the scene. But, bro, I got to be at work at 7, 7.30. You know what I mean? So, I ain't trying to be at an open mic every night yeah till midnight there's people probably like oh can you put me on first or get get it over with so faster. yeah be, be on point with your timing promote the shit out of it use your local resources your local surrounding businesses um like that's one thing i use with my with my day job with the cbd company right i'm all over with all the cbd companies um the cannabis industry and a lot of times, like, when I'm rolling around, I'm dropping off my comedy flyers at these same establishments. I'm networking. I'm letting these people know that I do comedy. And, um, and yeah, just promotion. I do, you know, open mics a little bit different than my monthly showcase, but I do, like, 1,500 flyers a month. Um, for a monthly, for a micly, like a weekly showcase, you want to use your weekly papers, the Daily Lobo at the UNM. Um, coffee shops now have this like rotating electronic billboard. All you have to do is upload your flyer. There's a lot of easy ways for free promotion. Nice. And then don't be afraid to throw 25 bucks on an Instagram post here and there, 30 bucks on a Facebook promotion here and there. Sponsors, it, 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 sponsors, dude, are huge. Once you start building your relationships with your local businesses, approach them for sponsorships. Start small at first. Don't be like, I want three thousand dollars <laughs> you gotta fund my whole tour find something that's a reasonable for the business that you're approaching yeah. and for the show that you're trying to put on um but and pay your com and i mean if you're an open mic that's a little bit different if you're doing a showcase pay your comics if you're doing an open mic be reasonable with your lineups um you know kind of pay attention where you put people you don't want to put the same person at the end every week you'd also don't want to like make it seem like you're cherry picking and say the same person second every week um you, you know, want to mix it up, but also be aware of what people have going on in their life. If there's someone like, say there's someone like us that come out consecutively. We're there every, every week if we can be right. Yeah. And you know, that person has to work super early and they're, they're cool about it. Like, Hey man, just letting you know, I have to be up, you know, I have to be at work really early in the morning. If I could get up a little bit early, I'd really appreciate it. If they're cool like that, show them some love. But if if someone's a dick, then just do your do your thing. But when someone's cool, you got the way I look. You got to give love to get love. So you know what I mean. Just just do your best as you can to keep everything running on tight. Try not to have it be the longest show. Keep um, going. Yeah, for and promote. That's the best thing for open mics. I think that's the hardest thing that shuts them down. Is there's people got to remember. You know, you get an open mic at a brewery. I think in Albuquerque right now there's seventy plus breweries. 
So what's what's your night gonna be different to bring all the other And you gotta think about this too, bro. Who's the like if you aren't a comedian dog, who wants to go watch open mic comedy? You know what I'm saying? Like, no offense to what we do or what everybody does, but that's just like (laughs) Yeah, that's a type of stuff to go look for. It's not that's why I kinda like Boise's and what the Red Door kind of promotes is because it's walk in traffic. Yeah. It's not just like, oh, it's such a promotion that it fills up. It fills up because people are kind of like oblivious of what's going on. They're just like, Oh, there's something going on, cool. Well, we might as well stay for the whole show. Mm -hmm. That's how I feel like that's how those work right Mm -hmm. now. Because we don't have that established comedy scene where it's just like like, oh, well, you know, every fucking Friday we know that this show is going to be packed and everyone's going to this spot. Yeah. And that the one thing I just I don't think we have enough is like somewhere that draws the young, like the college crowd. Like Durango does a great job with their open mics drawing a, a college crowd like those college kids come out to see open mic comedy and to see their friends go up, all that kind of stuff. But I'm like, why do not like. There's no way. Think about it. Do you ever see like young UNM kids? Well, first of all, most of them are at breweries. So it's not like, you know, 21 and over or bars. Yeah. Um, But even like, that's what I was seeing. Like, where's an establishment where we could get like a younger, younger, like college crowd out? That makes sense. Because I do like a lot of people that I talk with and stuff. They're like, oh, hey, you can, can you come check out my show? And they're like, oh, well, probably not. It's at a bar, right? And I'm yeah. just like, yeah, I'm sorry. You're 20. I can fucking grow up already. Yeah. Like luckily, like some of you know, some of the breweries are pretty lenient. It's like yeah, as long as you're not ordering a beer, and usually like you're with someone of age, yeah, you're good. Okay. Um. So there are ways yeah. that you can't. Like my still canteen work. show, like yeah, there's my brother comes and he's a teenage. Like we have, you know, there's kids that go with their families and stuff. But as long as you're not trying to like order beer and be like dumb about it, there yeah, you go, Hito. Sure. Yeah, yeah, I get what you're saying. Yeah. Any any other questions on the line? Besides, like, what's missing in the Albuquerque comedy scene? That's what the blockchain engineer asked one okay, more time. Uh, of course, uh, Cars Comedy Club is missing. You know, that's what really holds us back is a lack of a like solid venue to come do it all the where time. Where bigger acts of all, like, not only feature acts but headlining acts are coming through, giving us the opportunity to perform with, giving us a place where people are going out for comedy. Like you said, like people are going out to these breweries, but they're just going out for a beer with their friends. Yeah. It's like ambush comedy, we kind of call it, right? Like yeah. ambushing with them in the open mic. Exactly. But if a comedy club, people are going out to laugh. To the club. Or to expect to see comedy. Um, you look at, like I said, Denver has five plus comedy clubs. Phoenix, Tempe area, same thing, four or five comedy clubs. Even Colorado Springs is a comedy club. Oklahoma City, where Maverick lives, has the loon, like good comedy clubs. We don't have a comedy club there well isn't there one but it's not really functioning or it's like owned by somebody that doesn't open it or something what's the the vault or something okay like so that? no so that's where boots and bourbon is okay right now um this guy last year was supposed to supposedly open up a legit comedy club but it was like sketch off the bat the first opening the first grand opening was canceled first red big red flag um and then the second Oh, saw you know opening was really poorly done it caused a really big divide in the scene at the time because it was like invite only so some pe- like there were some people that were reached out to to come perform sets but at the end of the night it ended up being kind of more like an open mic like almost anybody that rolled up like you want to sign up and then but it was but the people that kind of didn't roll up or weren't invited seemed to have gotten really for whatever, however they want to perceive it and however they want to spin it and get upset about it, 
bitter about not being like yeah asked to perform yeah. or being booked um and then of course one of the biggest aspects of it is the guy ended up being a really big scumball around and was like sexually harassing a lot of the female comedians of the scene and in general just being known to be like a really scummy dudes towards ladies and it wasn't even that that got the club shut down ultimately the dude was so ill-prepared, he didn't even have the money for the first month's rent. Oh, shit. So the place open in two, less than two and a half weeks was closed because he couldn't even afford the first rent. So, so it just was like a, a kind of like a dug hole already. It was just horrible off the bat. There was nothing the bat. that they could have done. Like, it was just horrible off the bat. Is it still something that can be salvaged or something no, that I can mean, grow it's from a, it? It's a completely... The only thing I could go from it is like somebody that wants to open up a comedy club... To take that as like what not to do. You know what I mean? Um, I don't think that would have been a good venue for comedy in the first place. Fourth and Central. That's like the epicenter of like. The homeless epidemic. Like that. Yeah. The like the, you know, the rowdiest of the downtown scenes right there. Like you're going to get people walking. The way, bro, the, the, the front door was set up literally off stage right to the stage so you're on stage and the door is like opening to the right of you with people coming in and every few seconds the focus is being pulled from you to the door because people are literally coming in the front door right next to you while you're performing oh shit okay and i'm like this is the worst setup ever for comedy imagine like imagine if that place would like continue to stay open it's like friday saturday night there's drunk ass people stumbling in and and there's like legit headliners there and be like dude this is this club set up horribly. I can see like that. most legit clubs, the bar, it's like the bar and, and and entrance area is is a separate, and then there's like a hallway to a room where the comedy room is. Okay. That way, it's a little bit more separated from the entrances, the restrooms, the bar, etc. Yeah, there's like not a lot of like you have to get up and leave and do stuff. Not where you can just like, oh, I'm walking here, 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 and still get to watch comedy yeah, while I'm doing it. Exactly. Because um, that's the biggest thing is that in a room, you want the focus to be on, on the stage, on the performer. You don't want it to be, there's a door right here where a bunch of people are coming in. The bathroom's right there. People are coming in and out. The bar's right there. It's loud as shit. People are getting up and placing orders. You want the l least amount of distraction. I get what you're saying. You know? And that might even help out for somebody asking about open mic setups. Bam. And stuff like that. The question's being answered here on the podcast. Let's do it. Sergeant 95 went a little gay and was like, one time in my frat, we sat on a real horse dildo. That I was think that's every frat. Sergeant 95. Frats, dude. I mean. Thank you for tuning in. If you guys have any questions, right hit us up. Um, dude, we've been here for like an hour and a half already. Oh, shit. We've been rocking. Cool. Yes. Well, so we got, we got one. I got one more segment. Yeah, for sure. I mean, let's all come back, bro. We'll do yeah, this we, again. Dude, we'll we didn't even talk about fucking aliens. We didn't talk about aliens. Even, I know. We'll, we'll do this yeah. several more. I'll be back for sure. Let's we'll do, do this it, several man. more times. Do mad dabs and we'll yeah, just fucking sure. do Oh, hang out. But before we leave, before I leave and we get this going, I got a segment that's called Rapid Fire. Oh, okay, let's do it. So what Rapid Fire is, is it's just a, a list of 25 words. Okay. And what I'm going to do is I'm going to tell you each word and you say the first thing that pops into your head okay it doesn't have to be afraid it doesn't have to be one word like you don't, i don't have to say i'm gonna be like bicycle and you don't have to say wheel yeah okay you can say it. you can say like in a forest or like whatever okay. comes to your mind let's do it has something good to it okay right, we're gonna go 
Rapid fire. 25 words, all right? 25 words in 25 seconds. I wish it was in no, 25 I seconds. I made, that, I made that last part. Damn, he's trying to put some more incentive <laughs> inside of this. This is called rapid fire. Let's see it. Rap fire. What's you, up? You know it. You know it. All right. 25 words. Are you ready? Let's do it. Here we go. Pizza. Thin crust. Island. Sopping. Toppings. Ovens. Dang. Mitts. He's going on a mad description. Hold on. Hold on. Really big pizza paddles. Getting fired when I was 18. Okay. Sad. That's a little too descriptive. Okay. All right. Because okay. we'll we're going through that them was a little like a, bit. I was kind of like spoken word. Poetry. Okay. All right. <laughs> but you get what I'm saying, Let's though, Let's do right? it, dude. Because it's, it. it's supposed to be like right. a like a kind of a, a that one I was psychological really, test. I was like, really just... You're, I feel just feeling that one deep. Okay. Feeling it. Here we right. go. You ready? Island. Galapagos. Music. Underground hip hop. Black. Matters. <laughs> Trip. Trippy. Oh, 15 years old. Mushrooms. Fast. And not that furious. Animal. Ooh. Space. Hold on, hold on, hold on. <laughs> Back Anim to animal. 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 Sloth, brother. Dang. Claws. Claws. Well, you know the next one. Space. Mm, time continuum. Maze. Runner. Like that movie. <laughs> Fucking, I'll run that maze right now. Army. Army. Army of the dead. Let's do it. Drugs. Uh, in the past. Air. In abundance. Pendulum. Always keep in motion. Native American. My brother, Fournier. Scar. Lion King. School. Oh, dude. Hey, Arnold. That's, what's, that's fucking that school right there. Magic. The Gathering. <laughs> Computer. Hard drives. Superhero. Hard drives. <laughs> Super. Superhero Spawn. What's up? Don't forget about him. He's sick as shit. Bringing him back. Comedy. Passion. Bleach. Buttholes. Fame. Don't need it. Ham water. Might need it. Amuse <laughs> <laughs> me. Amuse me TV, man. Keeps rocking. Uh, Keeps rocking. That's that's rapid that's fire. That's Everybody's done it. Uh, I'm gonna make a compilation video of everyone at the end and just like put them all together and be like everyone's answer because everyone you get some weird shit if you do it fast. Like it's supposed to be like some psychological test to see how people think. So oh, yeah. Dude, well, thanks for having me, brother. No, I appreciate thanks. it. This was uh, dope. Gotta come, come back. back. No, we'll do it for sure. Do it again. Thanks to everybody for watching. Uh, give a. You have any handles or something you want? Yeah, to let for them sure. Form? I got a bunch of plugs real quick. So I got Bob Saget coming up at the Star this weekend. Um, that's Friday and Saturday. Next Friday, I got Battle of Sexes at Tractor Brewery. Saturday, I'm hosting the SE Award Show. The eighth, I'm be at Buffalo Thunder. Then February 20th through the 23rd, I'll be in Denver. And the weekend after is my canteen show. Check my Instagram, Zachabeta Comedy, for all my schedules. Zachabeta on Facebook. I got a little bit of stuff on YouTube as well. Check it out. Thank you. That's what's up, man. Thanks for coming, for bro. For sure. Peace. Peace. Later, everybody.